Hello, it's me, Melissa, and welcome to the This Human Life podcast, a kind of companion podcast to my book, This Human. The intention of the podcast is to have a somewhat intimate conversation with you and explore what it feels like to be human um, in today's world. And uh, inevitably, I'll be using my own life as a bit of a reference. So we'll be talking about human-centered design and leadership and all sorts of quirky things that happen. So thanks for being here. I enjoy this 15 to 20 minutes where we can just have a bit of a chat about stuff that often doesn't get spoken about in the context of work and design and sometimes even leadership. So this week I want to talk about curiosity and uh, explore what curiosity means and uh, the role that it plays in our lives. It's somewhat of a favorite topic of mine, although perhaps we could say that anything I talk about here is a favorite topic because I wouldn't be talking about it otherwise. I really, I really enjoy this topic because it pulls in so many joyous things for me, like play and uh, discovery and awe and wonder. It's just so delightful to, you know, wade in its waters of, of curiosity. And that's what I feel like it is a little bit too when you're, you know, in the in this in the space of the unknown where you need to rely upon your curiosity muscles to be able to, you know, find out a little bit more about what you're exploring. And, um, you know, it feels mysterious and, and um, I like that kind of stuff. So curiosity for me has a whole bunch of connected uh, meanings, which um, anyway, we're going to have fun exploring. You know, we often hear about the importance of curiosity when especially in any creative pursuit so that you're constantly, you know, stretching your thinking and um, finding yourself in, in domains and spaces that you didn't anticipate. And sort of questions are like the, they're sort of like the breadcrumbs that lead you into unknown spaces. Or perhaps you are in an unknown space and the question is the, the breadcrumb that leads you to more certainty. And it's just sort of step by step. But without curiosity, we don't have questions. And without questions, we don't have new, we don't have new knowledge. So, you know, I've always said that I actually revere questions more than I do answers, actually, because it's often the question and the powerful form of that question that um, results in these really impactful, game-changing answers. And we pay a lot of attention on the answer. Um, often we get rewarded for the answer, we value the answer but I think um, getting really really good at asking questions is actually more important than being able to find the answer to something and if we don't have this motivation to understand how the world works then we don't feel is it propelled what's the word we don't feel motivated it's not the word I'm looking for you're probably screaming it at me right now it's this I can't think of it, but you know what I'm trying to say. To, to ask, continue to ask questions that give us a little bit more clarity in whatever situation we find ourselves, whether it's work or at home or we're puzzling through a new relationship dynamic or 
you know, you've observed something on the street and you're just like, what was that? Or there's a weird feature on the side of a building and, and you're trying to work out, why is that there for? I did that recently, actually, in one of the older buildings in Melbourne. There was like a grate, tiny little grate on the side of the building the front door. And I learned that it was a foot scraper where we used to scrape the mud off the soles of our feet before we traipsed it inside the, the shop or the bank or it was in front of a bank. So, you know, there's, there's an art of noticing as well that comes with curiosity. The, I don't know if, I don't know if you're like this, but I often really enjoy sitting in the park and airports are fascinating for me as well, because it just gives you such an opportunity to just sit and observe people and processes in action and how you know people are dealing with certain situations and you know I love the arrivals lounge of a of an airport in particular because you see all the different versions of relationships and the reconnecting with the beloved versus you know the grandmother who hasn't seen the granddaughter or son for years and I um you know that art of noticing course you can't just go up to those people and start asking them a bunch of questions about who they are and why they're happy to see the other person and stuff it's not what I'm suggesting but you know that 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 natural curiosity in in humanity and why we are the way that we are is just infinitely fascinating to me and you know I often talk about beginner's mind as well which is this state of forever learning that no matter how long you've been doing something no matter how many degrees you have or how many years experience you have or how many times you've you know treated the same disease or the same you've delivered the same project or whatever it is um there's just having that disposition that you are always in a mode of learning and growth and you can move into any situation it's if it's the first time that you're there you know that wow this is you what am I going to learn today the notion of beginner's mind also fuels curiosity and the you know when you're in that when you're in that um place of wonder and awe you can't help but find yourself asking questions about something you know and if any of you have 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 children or have watched children as they're learning to navigate their environment and they're growing up I mean what you observe is just this beautiful just presence and joy in the moment and they're just so captivated by everything that they see you know even the the little moving appendages at the end of their hands you know they're just like wow my goodness what are they just amazing straight into the mouth you know trying to make sense of what it is that they're learning and seeing and then a little bit older you know when they're in preschool age they they learn through play they learn through experience and and curiosity and just trying stuff they're just a whole bunch of questions I don't have many answers <laughs> so I just love that I love I love that innate instinct that children have to be able to explore their environments and to learn from them which we lose as we get older, she says, with forlorn. And I think another aspect of fostering, you know, curiosity is to really, I don't know, I, I just, I, my life is an infinite reservoir of opportunities to learn, whether they're happening to me right in the moment or it's something that I can 
replay in my mind's eye retrospectively and as a part of some form of, you know, reflective practice and kind of sit there and go, hmm, how did I go in that? Does that, did I, (laughs) how did I handle that situation? Or, you know, I experienced that situation like this. Is there another way that I could have experienced that situation that would have served the situation better, you know? That takes curiosity as well. And also knowing what questions to ask to be able to gain the knowledge that's going to be, it's going to have the most impact, you know, either on the on your, on your own personal learning or the thing that you're designing or whatever it may be. So anyway, I usually in these, in these um, sort of podcasts, I, um, I try and give a little bit of, I don't know, practical or pragmatic steps to uh, experiment with the topics that I explore with you. So, um, you know, in my book, there's, I've written this thing called the Curiosity Workout, but I just wanted to talk to you about it a little bit. You know, there's three things that I talk about that, you know, helps feed your curiosity muscles or build them. Um, one of them is about building your knowledge, like seeding your brain with, with new knowledge. The second one is really observing yourself in life and being able to leverage your life experiences as a metaphor to describe whatever it is that you want to communicate with someone. And then thirdly, around um, ambiguity and reframing perhaps the way that we experience ambiguity in the context of curiosity. So let's start with the first one around um building your knowledge. I'll tell you a story. So I had a pretty, I would say, scientific education up until I did my PhD. Um, So um, I'm a biomedical engineer. I have a, I've majored in neurosciences and studied the brain and in hospital um, where I was actually like full on imaging the brain, you know, fMRI, PET, scans. So it was very tangible, very cause and effect, um, evidence-based work. And then I, and then I did my PhD, which was in human-centered design, it was in human factors, but that was at the defense department. And I was working with, you know, situational awareness and fighter pilots and that's a whole other story, but um, quite um, scientific even, um, even though it was sort of looking into human-centered design, it was um, very, I would say, quite analytical. So I don't know when it was probably about four or five years ago, I decided to do, I was searching for something to study that really challenged the way that I made sense of the world quite deliberately. I was um, wanting to learn knowledge that came from a completely different paradigm that wasn't based on, you know, cause and effect logic. And I found a course it was like, it turned out to be a postgraduate course, actually, um, in uh, Feng Shui. And uh, I spoke to the, the teacher who originally said no, actually. <laughs> I have to say, he told me that um, the, the course was full and that I couldn't participate. But I persisted and I think that was enough for him to understand that I was meant to be in the class. So I spent two years um, studying the... Um, flying stars system of uh, feng shui, how energy is distributed in space and all of the, you know, the history and the background into the philosophy and the culture that it was born within. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a way of 
uh, thinking and a way of existing in the world that, you know, lots of the questions that you ask, they don't necessarily have causal answers. It's more, you just got to take it on face value. And uh, I did that on purpose because I wanted to seed my mind with just a completely different thinking paradigm, a completely different knowledge base that was based on ancient wisdom and ancient ritual and cultural basis as opposed to scientific evidence. And what I find is when you build your knowledge like that, the types of reference points that you have to be able to make sense of a situation that's ambiguous increases. And so the likelihood of the questions that you ask for them to be powerful also increases. So I just, you know, I I always advocate for people to read widely outside of their interest areas, outside of their expertise, because you don't know what um, portal is going to get opened up in your mind to be able to access <laughs> your interesting uh, questions and curiosity. The second thing is about using your life as a as a source of story and, and source of metaphor. You know, I'm not sure if any of you are interested in Oprah's podcasts, um, but she's got one um, that's reasonably new, I think. It's called Masterclass. And uh, she, you know, interviews people in her network who are all like uber famous, um, interesting individuals who've led fascinating lives and, um, you know, talks about life as a, as a masterclass, as a, as a, as a, I mean, a source of learning. And often we don't we don't see our lives that way, you know. We see our lives as something that's happening to us and um, with momentary significance. But if you can shift your view on that a little bit and, and kind of live in a way where everything that happens to you is an opportunity for learning and it's an opportunity for you to leverage lived experience to be able to tell a story about, you know, something that you're trying to communicate or when you're trying to make sense of something to be able to say, you know, it kind of reminds me of this experience that I had where blah, blah, blah happened and this is what I felt and this is what happened after that. And I think um, to be able to have that acute observation, you know, it's like witnessing yourself in your life, right? And then you can go back and go, hmm, ask some really interesting questions, be curious about your own life and learn from it. What a reservoir. <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking about mistakes and making errors, but I think that's a whole other, whole other podcast in that. And then the last one is um, about ambiguity. You know, when we're in that in that place of ambiguity and uncertainty, we mostly don't like it. Let's be honest. It's like, oh, really? I just, I really just want to know what the future holds. I want to know. I want to know what's going to happen. I want to know if I'm okay. Basically, I want to know if I'm going to be safe. But, you know, ambiguous situations are perfect situations for practicing curiosity, for working out your curiosity muscles, because it's through asking questions that we gain clarity in really ambiguous environments. And if we take a stance of curiosity, which with it for me, for example, comes with awe and wonder and new knowledge and new frontiers and unexpected landing places, then ambiguity becomes something that we welcome into our life as opposed to something that we're constantly trying to reduce through planning and, you know, certainty practices. <laughs> yeah. 
So I encourage you to just sort of um, experiment with those things, you know, become really observant of yourself, witness yourself in your own life and see the opportunities, the abundant opportunities that present themselves for us to learn through our curiosity and asking questions and our willingness to seed our minds with new ways of thinking and new types of knowledge and then perhaps, you know, make peace with ambiguity. So much wondrousness exists within the spaces of the unknown and the in-between. We don't need to be scared of that stuff. So that's it from me. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. And uh, I look forward to speaking with you next week. See ya.